Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com. Hey, what's going on, champions? It's going to be another fun episode. We're going to bring in Derek Gallimore. And then when we talk about outsourcing, I love how he puts a cool spin on there. And, you know, listen for the phrase as he talks through here that if you're not outsourcing the problems of business, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. So it's a great conversation. You're really going to enjoy this one. And And guys, as always, this is brought to you by Point Blank Safety Services. Point Blank Safety Services employs off-duty police officers to protect your assets, our freeways, and everything in Texas so they make sure your assets stay your assets. Do me a favor and head over to pointblanksafety.com. Tell Stacey McGovern that I sent you, and man, they'll love to take care of you. All right, guys, it's going to be another killer episode. I'm bringing on Derek Gallimore, and he's got a really, really cool story, and I'm looking forward to hearing some of the things that he's been through and some of these things that he's done. I'm Donnie Bovine. This is Donnie Success Champions. Derek, my friend, welcome to the show, brother. Please tell us your story. Hi, Donnie. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, I am uh, an entrepreneur through and through. Um, as 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 young as I could remember, I have had entrepreneurial pursuits and, you know, there's the old cliche of selling lemonade and things like that. Right. Um, I started my first uh, entrepreneurial job at 17, but then I really started to get traction uh, at about 24 when I started my property development career. Um, to fast forward then, uh, about eight years later, I had about 10 or $15 million worth of property. And uh, then I started my next business, which I bootstrapped to about $20 million over the next nine years. Um, but then it all came tumbling down when there was a lot of mar- uh, margin compression, tough markets. Um, so I was left uh, just um, before 40, uh, having lost most of that uh, earlier uh, super career success. So I'm now really on my third uh, reincarnation. Um, and you know, it's, it's this awesome kind of roller coaster ride of entrepreneurship. Um, obviously I would have preferred not to lose, um, the initial thing, but it's really an incredible journey. And now this, uh, iteration or incarnation is, uh, I'm, we are building the world's biggest outsourcing platform. So, uh, yeah, it's been quite a ride. All right. Well, very cool, man. Very cool. So this is going to be a lot of fun because I do a lot of outsourcing. So, so this could be awesome. really, really interesting and I'd love to pick your brain about it. So, so at 17, you get in the game of the new buzzword of entrepreneurism and, and, you know, who knew that the word entrepreneur was going to be like the cool thing to do, you know, because yeah, uh, yeah. growing up, cause you're around my age, you know, uh, we grew up in a time where entrepreneur was a bad thing. It just meant you were, you know, without a job. You know, um, it just didn't get a good rap or good name. What made you jump out at 17 to start doing your own thing? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Back when we were in the formative years, there wasn't this startup thing. There wasn't entrepreneurship. There wasn't Dragon's Den on TV. Um, And suddenly my parents were salary earners. They were wage earners. And they had, you know, all due respects, and they were amazing parents, but they had very much a sort of almost blue-collar mentality and they wanted me to get a safe job um i don't know what is it what 
it is in me that pushed me down this route. Um, but they do say uh, entrepreneurship is an incurable disease. Um, and I, I think that I do have it. Um, you know, significantly, I think I'm not sure you want the cure for that. <laughs> well, you know, it's, um, it's a roller coaster, isn't it? Oh, well, God, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Any other way, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, and just so people know, uh, uh, is it Dragon's Den? That's, that's Shark Tank in which country? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the UK is UK. Dragon's yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I heard first time I heard that I had to go back. I'm like, what the hell is Dragon's Den? Yeah. yeah so, yeah. so for the US listeners, it's it's Shark Tank. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's awesome. But uh, yeah, so you know, it, it, it's been a good journey. I started at 17 as a self-employed personal trainer, so that was no, right on, right on. I, you know, it seems like a lot of people end up in that route. I don't know if they just you know decide that they like to work out, find some discipline and regiment, and now they want to teach others. Is that was that kind of your journey? Yeah, I think it's that that common journey. Um, but also, it's it's an easy way into business because you're kind of you know, you're a solopreneur and there's not a lot of, you just start working and, and find and there's not a lot of overhead either. So, so correct. Yeah. But it introduces you into marketing and branding and, you know, all those kind of um, essentials of business sales in particular as well, because, yeah. you know, you know, in that line of business, if you can't sell, you don't have a business. For sure. Yeah. You know, so, so then you find your way into, to the real estate game, which a lot of people do. Did, uh, your downturn happen during the big massive downturns of the 08, to uh, you know, 2010 era? Yeah. So I, I, I was lucky and I caught the tail end of the boom in London. Um, I turned up to London as a backpacker and within about six months I managed to get myself on the property ladder. Um, you know, and then I was super passionate and I was doing the renovations and the expansions and, um, within about sort of eight years, then I had built a, about a 10 or $15 million property portfolio. Um, but then in 2009, when the whole banks collapsed, yeah. um, I, I, had all my properties, I didn't lose them, but it meant that I couldn't do that whole leverage thing, renovate. Right. So I, I then had to find another business, which was my uh, corporate housing business. Corporate housing. So you were you were renting out houses for executives. Correct. Yeah. Okay. In central London, we were actually uh, we started the same year as Booking dot com. Uh, sorry, as uh, Airbnb. Yeah. Um, before it was popularized by Airbnb. Um, so Airbnb came along, it, it made people a lot more aware of the, the possibility of renting places, um, but also it flooded the market with, uh, with more stock, more property. Um, so right. that just caused a, a price collapse, which left us with really high uh, overheads. Oh, I can imagine because if you're if you're going after the executive class, you're not sitting on hostels, you know, you're sitting on some nicer properties. And when everybody moved into the marketplace, that had to hurt. Yeah, correct. I mean, we were paying leases on, you know, close to, let's say, half a billion dollars US of uh, central London property kind of thing. So wow, wow. pretty heavy, heavy model. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. So then how in the world did you get into outsourcing then? That's 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 the craziest thing ride to get to there. How did, how, how did that come about? Yeah, absolutely. So I was sitting in London. We had this uh, corporate housing company uh and very early on i realized i needed 24 7 customer service 
uh, and that was just unobtainable in the UK. Like to get people working around the clock is, you know, people think you're crazy. Right. Um, but obviously, with uh, with with hospitality, you've got people booking from all over the world in different time zones. But also, you have guests staying overnight. So huge sort of reliance on twenty four seven. A business friend of mine suggested I went to the Philippines to try outsourcing there. Uh, that was 2011, and uh, I did. I tried with one person. I grew that team up to about 70 people, uh, and never looked back. It was it was an incredible experience. Uh, moved over there to the Philippines in 2014 because it then became our main uh, office, controlling this company effectively. Um, and so I really got into the outsourcing sector and learnt how powerful it is those small and medium-sized businesses and how incredible the the sector is over there in the Philippines. Yeah. It, you know, it's amazing. Um, you know, my first outsource was, you know, the guy who edits my podcast and, and, you know, going through that, it was, it was, it was such a, a seamless, you know, thing because, you know, I'm a veteran, he was a veteran and he had a podcast. He knew what I was trying to do and it just worked. I mean, to this day, he's done a hundred and I don't know, 70 episodes with me and we hardly ever talk. I mean, every once in a while there's a text back and forth. It's just so awesome, you know, but flash forward, then I started getting into outsourcing to other countries and that was a learning curve. Right. <laughs> you know, um, uh, I, I had to get to the point where I, I learned to over explain what I needed done mm. down to even getting to, to put videos in to get people to understand what I needed them to do for different tasks. Mm. And, and, you know, I went through quite a few VAs trying to find, figure out, you know, who, who and how do I work with somebody? So mm. um, I can't imagine man managing 70 of them though, man, that, that had to, I mean, I, course you grew up into that you know but did you have like a central you know VA if you will that that managed a lot of that for you yeah look I mean we had a it, it actually becomes easier like business fundamentally isn't easy you're always putting out fires and figuring out problems um, but as you grow a bigger team you get the hierarchy you get the shift managers you get the um, operations managers HR managers um, you know so we had a, a traditional hierarchy structure so i was really only dealing with the executive team we had about 70 in in manila and then we had about uh, 20 in london um but you know it, importantly they were all in manila sitting in one office they had a culture we had you know, christmas events so it, it was really just another workplace but significantly the salaries are about you know 80 90 percent cheaper than than central london um, right. So, you know, there's there's a, a definite advantage there, but also incredible sophistication in terms of what they what they do in the Philippines. Yeah, you know, and, and that's there's a lot of you know stuff that's happening out with built in the Philippines from outsourcing. You know, of course, when Tim Ferriss came out this four hour work week, you know, the the marketplace flooded over there. You know, with people trying to to uh, jump on this idea of a four hour work week, which is a myth. Um, you know, you can outsource everything, but you're, you're going to still put in more than four hours, you know, but, yeah, yeah. you know, um, you know, what was it like going from, from employees to outsourcing the first time? Was it really easy to do or, or did you struggle with it as well? Well, I, 
you know, I started outsourcing very early in my uh, career. That um, some of my earliest staff were uh, outsourcing. Um, you know, and I built my company. I was pretty much sitting in Sydney, and my company was in London, uh, and I was commuting back and forth. So um, I've always been kind of, I suppose, more aware of the kind of international uh, communications. Um, but really, there's a bit of a learning curve in terms of setting out processes, setting out expectations, and then having to communicate over something like Skype or Zoom or Slack. Um, but I think now that's becoming more and more normalized um, and it's really just about like any like early stage entrepreneur it's just a skill set that you learn in terms of setting out work processes onboarding people getting people on board with your culture your mission you know a lot of these sort of management fundamentals that apply whether they're sitting next to you in the room or in the philippines or, or anywhere else well that well that's a really interesting culture i don't hear i don't well what i mean is i don't typically hear serial entrepreneurs throw the word culture around a whole lot. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of the entrepreneurs that are building businesses are building them to sell them or, you know, get out of them. So they don't care about, I don't want to say they don't care about the people. They just don't care about the culture. They care about the profits. Yeah. Uh, how, how do you work with a bunch? I mean, I know you got them all in a centralized location, you know, which, which extremely helps, but, at what point did you realize that you had to build a culture for your business? I'm really fascinated by that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've, I've, I'm intrigued by the by the game of business, and you know, you read any management books, and and they all say it's about the culture, and I think culture is is something, and the mission and the values, whatever you know, however you put it, is central to a business and and it's a little bit like a religion it kind of uh is the cohesion that keeps everyone together um they might forget everything else but if they if they know generally that you've got their back and they've got your back um then i think they're the they're the sort of fundamentals and you you go from there um you know i i have a bit of a soapbox in terms of the the sort of upwork the freelancer thing um tim ferris there is that end of the market which a lot of people get sort of disappointment in it's um, piecemeal work it's project work um, and there's a lot of kind of kissing of frogs a lot of disappointment people take two steps forward then two steps back um, and what I'm trying to do is encourage people to take a more professionalized approach to it um, and go to proper outsourcing suppliers um, which are you know I'm in New York at the moment and it's really the difference between going down to central park and trying to find a dude with a beard to do your legal work versus <laughs> going to wall street, you know, and engaging with a proper firm. Um, and the, the difference is, you know, like night and day really. Yeah. You're competing with the idea of price as well, you know, with, with the upworks and God forbid fivers, um, you know, out there because, you know, a lot of people are, because they're listening to guys like Gary V, you know, doing these, this, this side hustle idea, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, so, so they're broke trying to start a business. So now they're trying to nickel and dime, but I, but I'm a, I'm a sort of assuming that's not who you're targeting with outsourcing. You're actually trying to get more corporations and stuff come your way. Yeah. Well, outsourcing proper is, um, it's about 25 years old, but it was only ever the Fortune 500s, uh, the big guys that could outsource because infrastructure costs were so expensive. Now, in the last five to 10 years, as we all know, networking, um, 
the internet, everything is, is cheaper, everything's in the cloud, um, and it's become now accessible to small and medium-sized businesses, but they're just not aware of, of the opportunities. And small and medium-sized businesses, they go, ah, oh, you know, I phoned my bank the other week and I, outsour- uh, I, I spoke to someone and they were rubbish, so I could never outsource. Mm. And, you know, they're sort of overlooking the fact that, you know, the billion-dollar companies are all outsourcing without fail and the smaller medium-sized businesses are just slow to catch on it's an incredible you do pay more but it's um it's still all in about 70 to 80 percent cheaper it's incredible well yeah absolutely i mean then in hiring an employee or, or anything along those lines but you do have to deal with that i mean you know i dealt with my my cell phone went out the other day or my wife's cell phone went out the other day and i had to call the help desk and you know, an hour and a half later of struggling to understand each other and, you know, trying to have a conversation was, was, was a bitch. I mean, it was tough. Yeah. And, and, you know, so you've got that, which is one stereotype you're stacked up against, but even so, you know, when, when you're working with some of these, these projects and things, I think, you know, that's the other side of it is people are looking at outsourcing as, more of a project-based idea than you know bringing them on as more of an employee, if you will. Still, ten ninety-nine, not W two, but you know, yeah. I, I think there's a huge struggle there with you know how do you bring somebody on and and you know budget that item when when you're still trying to figure out your business and everything else. Yeah, it, look, it, it's definitely a transition. There's room in the market for Upworks, for $5 logos and stuff like that. Um, but if you're looking, you know, if, you, if this is a side hustle, that's fine. But me, I want to build a, cor- you know, well, not a corporation because that has a bad stigma, but I want to <laughs> build the unicorn, the next unicorn. Um, you know, and this, this guy called Bill Gates that some people know with Microsoft, he's got 135,000 employees uh, Tony Robbins, you know, a lot of people think of Tony Robbins as, as one guy. Yeah, no. <laughs> got 1,000 employees, you know, and scale and um, maturation of a company really only happens when you get people on board and you start to build structures and processes. Right. Um, and, and that's then a business that you can sell. If it's just you with a couple of uh, VAs, then that is, as you say, a side gig or a well-paid job. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a great way of putting it, you know, and and that's an interesting conversation I got to an uh, entrepreneur um, about how he was running, you know, his business, and I said, you know, I'm working on the culture of mine, and you know, he he hit me with, you know, culture doesn't matter, and you know, it's it's all you're trying to do is sell the damn thing, you know, and you know, which I don't know how anybody functions and runs their business that way, but you know, each their own, but. Yeah. You know, for a lot of small people, small people, small businesses that that are getting going, I mean, having that idea of really, really scaling, do you think that's something that people get innately that they want to go for it? Or or do you think people um, learn to scale it and go after it? Yeah, look. I, business isn't easy. Um, I would, I would expect that if you asked any startup founder, entrepreneur, 
you know, if you say 10 years from now, do you want to be sort of one dude sitting alone in your garage or are you going to run a company worth a billion dollars with 200 staff? I bet the vast majority would opt for the latter. But that's not to say it's not easy to, to take that step. And, you know, it, it's hard to get up to two or three staff. But then also the next step is to get up to 30 staff and that's just as hard. Then the next step is 300 staff and that's still just as hard. Never gets easier. But this is... This is the grit and this is why um, entrepreneurship is so compelling, but also difficult. And that's why there's not that many unicorns out there because there's a lot of friction and hurdles along the way. Yeah. And I, and I, I love that you put, put that out there because, you know, one thing that I've been living on my journey and telling other people to do is, is if you're not getting punched in the face, you're not getting, you're not going for it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. because if things aren't breaking, then you're not going loud enough with your business. And, you know, I, you know, even my company, you know, I've got six VAs that work with me right now um, and we're growing. And, but even managing that, I'm about to the point where I'm going to bring in a central, you know, main VA to help me manage all this. But, um, you know, as I, I scale and grow. So at what point, does somebody start looking at a company like yours versus going through the Upworks and stuff? Or do you recommend starting out? You know, and I'm asking from a, a non-CEO of your company way, you know, when does yeah. somebody start using your company? Yeah, so we, we're, we're a little bit like a TripAdvisor or Alibaba. 99% of what we provide is information and education we're building awareness we're telling people that outsourcing is out there we have about 4,000 articles we list um, about 600 outsourcing suppliers on our website um, and we don't outsource ourselves so okay. we're really just the messenger um, gotcha. but you know it's kind of a, an educational piece in that we're you know I'm in New York now talking to small and medium-sized businesses saying guys this is out there. You are, you can save 80%. Don't just think that this is a, a game for the big boys. Um, so that's, that's largely what we do. If people want to engage with us, then we're, you know, to put it uh, simply, we're kind of a broker. So, you know, we work very closely with about 70 uh, outsourcing suppliers and we can offer free brokerage service. And also we can offer, um, advice consulting services that starts at 1300 us so but um the majority of stuff is education videos i also run a podcast so if people want to geek out on outsourcing um, <laughs> it's a pretty it's a pretty dry subject to be yeah. honest but, uh, but the information's out there no that's awesome I, I didn't even know that you had your own your own what's your podcast called uh, outsource accelerator podcast. Oh, it's even got a really exciting name. <laughs> well, no, yeah, it is. It's, it's definitely for the business geeks. But, yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. You know, so, I mean, what I know what I outsource, you know, you know, I outsource a lot of operational type work, administrative work, you know, some marketing, some, some social stuff, but, but, you know, what types of things can people be outsourcing for their business or what should they be outsourcing? Yeah, good, uh, good question. Look, um, I say very simply, treat outsourcing like employment. Um, it's not that much different. So whenever you employ someone, it's, it's basically the same, but they're sitting in another office. What can you outsource? Pretty much anything that can be done in front of a monitor, okay? And in today's businesses, that, that, that's, that's a lot. potentially 99%. If you're a plumber, 
you know, you might go, well, I've got to go and do the toilets myself. And that's absolutely true. But you can get all of the back end work, the bookkeeping, um, all of the marketing, get your website done, the communications, the, the bookings, um, all of that can and should be outsourced. So again, you know, if, and this is what small businesses do. The, the plumber is out plumbing and then he has no one building his pipeline of sales, his business, his website. And really what should be happening is there's a, there's an organization behind that plumber that is building his business as he's out generating the income. So, you know, it, it's, it's basically anything, but to give you examples, we, um, you know, I, I regularly tour our, the BPOs in the Philippines, our, our partner BPOs, um, incredible, incredible spaces, highly sophisticated. Some of them have up to 40, 50, 60,000 staff. Wow. Um, one of them, has and they do anything you know one of them has um, a team of people working for and, and just so people know bpo stands for what uh business well it's the sector called business process outsourcing and okay. then people refer to the suppliers as bpos BPS. okay okay um but we have so they have a danish client that um a telecoms client and they have people sitting in manila uh testing the optimization of the satellite dishes for the mobile phone frequencies, they tilt them half a degree so that they optimize that. They also have trained, uh, I don't even know what they're called, naval captains that are sitting in Manila navigating uh, oil tankers in the open sea, and they're doing that from Manila. That's equally, insane. Equally, we have Hollywood movies, like A, whatever they're called, A-type Hollywood movies, all being post-edited in the Philippines. We have some of the best CGI, the Marvel stuff is all being post-edited in the Philippines. And some of the, um, now the animated movies from Hollywood are all completely being made in the Philippines as well. So, you know, this is not just um, kind of monkeys sitting behind computers. Right, right. Well, it almost sounds like outsourcing is becoming like the number one commerce for the Philippines. It is. I mean, it is actually the biggest uh economic contributor towards the GDP. It contributes about 11% to the GDP, wow. employs about 1.2 million people. But also you've got to realize this is a country of 110 million people. There are 650,000 university graduates every year. Um, and the graduates entry salary is somewhere between three and $400 per month. Okay. Wow. So this is where the depth, but also you've got to realize this is an English speaking country. Pretty much all of the millennials are growing up on Netflix, YouTube, um, Shark Tank, um, right. and they're learning coding from the same code camps that people are in, in the U S you know? Right. Um, so incredible sort of economic opportunity. No, this is, this is really, really, really cool. Um, I can't imagine, you know, uh, outsourcing, you know, the moving of those big oil freighters and everything else. I mean, stuff like that's just, you don't think about it, especially as a small business owner, you know, you know, some of the bigger projects that, that can be done through some sort of, uh, outsourcing along the way, mm. you know? So, I mean, that's really, really impressive, you know, but I think a lot of small business owners struggle with, you know, the old e-myth, you know, thought process of they're working in the business, not on the business. And going back to your plumber scenario that, the, that somebody should be, you know, building behind the scenes, you know, all the stuff, 
if that plumber doesn't understand what needs to be done behind the scenes, he's going to have a really difficult time, you know, building a team to outsource. Don't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but it's not when you outsource, you're not outsourcing the problems of business. Um, you have to unfortunately keep that yourself. <laughs> right. um, you know, and this is what, what uh, kind of makes entrepreneurs have, have gray hair or no hair. Um, you know, it doesn't absolve you of needing to build the architecture of your company, needing to build the strategy of your company, but you can basically access whoever you want, whether that's a senior ops manager. You know, if you are a plumber, you've just got to know enough to realize, look, I don't have these skill sets. I need to um, find the best ops manager or strategic manager, COO, COO for my business. I need to pay over the odds in the Philippines to get someone really strong that can build my business for me while I go out and plumb, um, you know, and paying over the odds in the Philippines for a highly, highly um, experienced senior manager might cost you 1500 to $2,000 per month, you know, for an equivalent of a, let's say 10 to $15,000 salary in the U S. So wait, you can literally outsource your COO and almost make a business partner that can run the entire operational side of your business. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have the most sophisticated operations happening uh, in the Philippines now. That's insane. And, and hell, I could use that for my business. Let's do it, Donnie. Let's do it. Well, <laughs> you know, this is, I, I call it inverting the pyramid. So, you know, typically what happens, let's say a company of 20 people that built their team in the U S um, they've got 20 people and then they try outsourcing with a bookkeeper that goes well. So then they add an administrative assistant that goes well. And then they suddenly go, Oh my God, look at this opportunity. Then they start, what you can do is you start building the entire organization in the Philippines and then you use the U S as a hub. So you keep the very high value people that are doing the high value activity in the U S or wherever. Um, but the entire operation can be structured from the Philippines. But then that easily means that once you have the Philippines kind of running the show, you can easily then extend into other parts of the U S you can extend into Europe and you become a, a you know, very internationalized company a lot easier because you're actually creating a structure that is really calling a lot of the shots, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's brilliant. You know, um, because as I continue on my journey, I keep looking at, okay, what can I get off my plate? You know, who can I find to build out this next thing for me or, you know, become that asset. And I keep, you know, picking people up along the way, but I'm, I'm really fascinated by this whole operations mm. side of things, because I think that's one of the things that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is we're out doing in some instances, like you're doing now being the face of the company, you know, mm. so, so you lose time to come back and do some of the, the, the cleanup work that absolutely needs to be done for your business. Um, you know, that's, why anybody wouldn't want to bring on that asset for their company so they can continue to go and grow, you know, out there. That's, I'm really fascinated. Yeah. With that. You know, go ahead, Jason. 
There's a guy, uh, Dan Sullivan, a strategic coach, yeah, and he yeah. says he wants to be the he wants to be considered like an actor or a musician where he just gets called on to stage when he needs to talk and other people are you know it's his business but yep. other people are managing him they're doing the marketing the promotions booking the appointments um everything and then dan is the guy that they wheel on stage he does his thing and then they wheel him off stage and you know i mean dan is very you know got a great reputation in the market very well known but also you and the plumber and any businessman should also have that um, strategy for, for growing their business. I am, this is my core skill. This is what I do. This is where I add more value. Um, manage me so that we can, you know, move our company towards that, uh, that goal. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think that's everybody who's trying to get on some sort of platform speaking or whatever else is to be that role. They just show up, perform and then go home. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's, that's the, the pipe dream, but you know, there, you still have to get the legwork of your business going and growing before, you know, you can get that done. I mean, you've got to get your business to a scale where, where you can afford to, you know, outsource a couple thousand dollars a month, you yeah. know, to, to be yeah, able to yeah. do that. So, so I don't want people thinking that they can just start a business and, you know, immediately outsource everything if they have no revenue coming in, yeah, yeah, yeah. sitting on capital. You know, um, um, so this this is fascinating. So your guys are really are in the game to educate and tell people, you know, about this. And you know, you're getting consulting fees, and you're working like a, like as a, as a brokerage. That's a fantastic business model. What made you decide to go that route versus opening your own BPO? Yeah. So, um, you know, I uh, my my last. $20 million business um, was in hospitality. We, I saw the power of these intermediaries like uh, booking.com, Agoda, um, Expedia. Uh, and, you know, when I was in the game in about 2015, booking.com did 55% of Europe's hotel bookings. Mm -hmm. uh, and they took about 20 and now up to 25% commissions and it showed me that actually um, they provide a good service in that they aggregate, you know, all of these suppliers. And you've got a tiny little hotel in the bottom of Greece. Um, and there's no way that if you're sitting in New York, you would ever be able to connect with that. So they play an important role, but they then also controlled the market because, um, you know, they took 25%. They didn't need to provide the hotel. They didn't need to make the guest happy. Right wash the sheets and I was like wow you know and then I look at the outsourcing industry and it is possibly one of the only industries in the world where the suppliers are in one country which is an emerging developing country and then the buyers are in another country which is either the US UK um, and there's no aggregator platform you know and also another example is Alibaba which is obviously worth a few billion these days right. basically doing the same in connecting uh, Western businesses with uh, Chinese manufacturing. Yeah, yeah, and you know uh, Jack Ma's done an amazing thing with with Alibaba. He's got to continue to work on 
building that marketing brand here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you continue to move over, and I think that's that's going to be part of your guys' you know issues as you guys continue to push into the U.S. is getting people to see you know because as U.S. citizens, you don't realize how how cocky we are until you go overseas. Right. Right. And, and you don't realize how closed off from the rest of the world we really are until you step foot into a, in a, in a foreign country. And, and, you know, to a lot of people in the U S you know, you hear, you know, you went to, you know, Sydney, you went to the Philippines and, you know, to all of us, that's, that's, you know, hours and hours, you know, plane flights and everything else. But to you guys overseas, I mean, that's just a hop, skip and a jump, you know? So it's, 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 Really, really, really fascinating. Where do you think this is all going to take you, bud? You know, um, you know, are you going to be the next booking.com, but for outsourcing? Yeah, I think so. Look, um, we, our sort of end game is basically, you know, we're, we're a portal. We want to provide a lot of value. So if we, if anyone types in outsourcing, we want to pop up um, because people can come to us. They get independent, uh, unbiased information, free uh, and then they can choose to engage. Our end game is actually not to make a lot of money, but it's to actually encourage all of the small and medium-sized businesses to outsource so that they have the same competitive advantages as the big boys. Um, you know, And it's, it's really an education piece of telling people, guys, this is out there. This isn't beyond you, um, and you should really consider it. And you know, it's in the Philippines, but that's not as scary as you might think. It's not as difficult as you might think. Um, and here are these easy on-ramps to get started. And, you know, the to put it in perspective, um, there are about ten to 20,000 uh, companies outsourcing to the Philippines at the moment. They are all big corporates with maybe 500 staff minimum being outsourced, some as many as 10,000. Whereas I believe there's another 30 million small and medium-sized businesses across the West, you know, and these are the backbone of the US economy, the the world economy, and they're not outsourcing. And as soon as they're aware of this opportunity, um, then I believe there's another 30 million companies, 30 million jobs that can outsource. That's, that's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Really, 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 really is, you know, so what does somebody do to get started in outsourcing? Sure. Sure. So, uh, just get comfortable with the fact they can, you know, obviously plug our website. They can go to our website, listen to podcasts. Um, there's 4,000 articles there. They can browse. Um, look, I, I suggest you need an early quick win when you're outsourcing, Going with someone like Upwork Freelancer is fine. It's more project-oriented, and you've got a chance of sort of being disappointed, um, investing a lot of time, doing that two steps forward, then two steps back. Um, If you can, look to outsource at least a regular person for at least uh, 20 hours a week, you know, kind of a a half-timer. Invest in them in terms of training, onboarding, getting them sort of into your mission um, and then just seeing how it goes, you know, and that can be as, as kind of affordable as um, I don't know, let's say kind of five to 500 to a thousand dollars a month. Um, and 
and you will never look back you know so it's just really we want to provide an easy um, on-ramp yeah because i know that people as soon as they try the real outsourcing it's a little bit like crack they they can't <laughs> stop afterwards they cannot believe that they um they've been doing this business thing without outsourcing uh resources that's awesome that's awesome derek how do people fight what's the name of your company and what's your website sure it's outsource accelerator uh and the website is outsourceaccelerator.com um so hopefully if they if they just uh google anything to do with outsourcing will will pop up near to the top nice and you know on there there's the educational videos and, and articles and things that they can go through is, is, is it kind of like a here's the step one to outsourcing or is it a series of things that they'll they'll have to consume to to wrap their head around it yeah look i mean it's uh you know it's it's a big site now um a little bit like TripAdvisor, but um there are you know they can download a free toolkit which gets them started um they can also uh there's a button where they can get three free quotes where we connect them to three verified outsourcing suppliers where they can start having a conversation um there's just there's a lot of different tools to help them get started. Um, outsourcing, like anyone's business, is very personalized. There's there's you know a million different types of businesses um, and a million different approaches to this. So um, there's a lot of articles to attend to that, videos, um, but also you know we can we can speak to them as well, or they can get connected to outsourcing suppliers that can help them uh, on that journey. Man, that is really, really, really awesome. Um, and and very, very cool. You know, thanks for taking on this mission because, you know, outsourcing has done very well for my business. And hell, it's taught me a, a lot about running and working with, with uh, you know, employees and, and the like. So so that's really awesome. Yeah, no, no, no. And, and I'm so glad you're, you're into it. You know, there are, there are like 4 billion people uh, that are online at the moment. Um, there's another two or three billion coming online uh, over the next few years. And they say that the original users of the internet, such as the West, are the consumers. The next tranche of people to come online are the producers. Okay. And so there are, you know, there's literally a pool of two or three billion people um, that can help you advance your business at an incredible rate. Um, you know, and this isn't unethical. Um, it's just really taking advantage of we're in one global marketplace now. Right. Um, and it's really optimizing that for your business. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, I, I, I love that you, the fact you said take advantage of it because um, it's still considered newish, like podcasting. You know, I'm amazed how many times I tell people I'm a podcaster and they're like, what's a podcast? Um, <laughs> You know, outsources is kind of in that same boat, you know, along the ride. So, you know, the quicker you, you jump in now, that's why I tell everybody to start a podcast because it's still, you know, people are still figuring out what it is. You know, the more time you got to ramp up before it really hits that tipping point, if you will, and the prices go through the roof and everything. For so, sure. So. For sure. So this is awesome. Well, Derek, I got to tell you, man, it's been a lot of fun having you come on the show. I've actually really enjoyed, you know, kind of geeking out over this. I don't know if I can listen to a whole podcast all the time about it, but you know. yeah. 
I'd say it's for the it's for the hardcore outsourcing fans. <laughs> but if you are outsourcing, there's there's good there's good research material in there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, brother, thanks for coming on the show, man. Um, here's how I like to wrap up every episode, and I do stump some people, so so be ready for that. Um, Embrace it. If you uh, could leave the champions who listen to the show, entrepreneurs, business owners, you know, people all over the world that are on their journeys trying to figure out life and what's going to happen next. If you were going to leave them with a quote, a saying, a mantra, you know, something they can take with them on their journey, especially when they're stacked up against it and going through it, what would be that quote or phrase you would say? Remember this. Wow. You know, that's really hard. I'm one of those guys that if, if I'm asked to tell a joke, I can never think of a joke at the time. Um, but, but one quote comes to mind um, that, you know, I heard when I was quite young and it, and it was, who would you be if you weren't so afraid? You know, who mm. would you be if fear wasn't holding you back, you know, and, and just go for it. So, so that's what comes to mind at the moment. Um, that's awesome. know, entrepreneurship is, is hard. So push into that, that void. Yeah, and thank you for that last statement of entrepreneurship is hard. Is is I can tell you before I jumped into the game, I didn't realize what I was getting into. You know, I think hindsight twenty twenty, I don't know that I would have made the same choice. I'm glad I did. Yeah, uh, you know, you know, but it's incurable, isn't it, Donna? Oh, you you wouldn't ever go back now, would you? No, I, there's no. You couldn't go back. You know, there's <laughs> there, there's no way I can go back to an eight to five. No way. So. Well, brother, really, really appreciate this, man. It's been a great time and a great show, man. Thanks for coming on. No, absolutely. Thank you for your time, Donnie. Absolutely. What a killer episode, guys, man. I told you it was a lot of fun. You should totally look into outsourcing. I can tell you from my business, um, outsourcing has saved my ass time and time again. You know, we now have 10 different people that are doing different processes in the company, and it's amazing how much it's impacted and allowed us to scale and grow. So do me a favor, guys. If you got any value out of this episode whatsoever, share this with a friend. Teach them how to listen, subscribe, and download. It would mean the world to me. And then, you know, if you haven't yet, get your butt over to the Success Champions Facebook group and come hang out, dude. we got small business badasses from all over the world talking on a regular basis about how they grow, scale, network, and build their dreams. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. Come hang out. Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to, to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions Networking, and it continues to grow. So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure, absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals, go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. And thanks for being you. Thanks for being a champion of your success because that's what it means to be a success champion.